0: Son Jesus Christ. Christ. This morning I'm going to be speaking to you from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. I and mean, that's going to be our key scripture throughout this. I'm going to give you some other scriptures along the way that kind of support this. But in Hebrews eleven seven, 7, it says, By faith Noah, I want to stop right there. Faith in, in this Bible dictionary I have I have says that the definition is, faith means reliance upon and trust in God. So keep that in mind as we, we go through this morning's sermon, what that means. So if we replace that, it says, upon trusting God, so we're taking faith out of the scripture, upon trusting God, Noah... When warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Upon his reliance and trust in God, and I'm replacing the word faith again, he condemned the world and became heir of of the righteousness that is in keeping with his trust in God. Again, replacing the word faith. The title of my sermon is called Captain Noah and His Unseekable Faith. Now we all pretty much know the story of Noah. How God called him to build, build this huge, huge ark. You know, and and, and reading it in the scripture and, and, and seeing it up close of what the actual dimensions are is overwhelming. This thing is Is the size of an aircraft carrier. And just think that just Noah, his family, built this thing because God told him that he was tired of the sin that was going around on earth. He was fed up. Now this is not just a a a fairy tale. This happened. Okay, this actually happened. And I need to, you to understand: is it's not a case of that Noah was without sin because he was a, he, because of Adam and Eve and what happened then. he, he was with sin, but in the guy, eyes of God, he was a righteous man. And by my saying that he means whatever God asked of him, he would do it there There used to be an old joke back it was a skit that Bill Cosby did was kind of funny, and it was a skit about God talking to Noah to build the ark and and but in the skit, Noah argued with him and every time. Noah would, would question God and, and what God wanted him to do. You know, God would, you know, I need you to go build this ark. And he, Noah would question him, and, but God's answer to him it would, it would be, Noah, how long can you tread water? You know, you're going to have to clean up after all these animals. Well, why me, Lord? And it was always, how long can you tread water? But that was always kind of a joke, But but Noah was very faithful. He always did what God had asked of him. Now, you got to think about this. So God, God warned Noah, you know, in advance that he needed to build this ark, and he, he warned him about the upcoming flood. Now, I, did, I tried to do some research, and the funny thing is, up until the point of the, the great flood... There was never any kind of mention of rain falling during that time frame, during that that, that biblical period. I could find nothing. Rain was never ever mentioned until God told Noah that he had to go build this ark because he was gonna wipe out everything that he pretty much created because of sin. And this is kind of reinforced from the scripture in Genesis 2, 5 through 6, where it says, Now no shrub had yet appeared on earth and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. So there was never rain that fell during the time of creation, but God made disappear. This, this was was part of His plan. So the whole thought process of rain destroying during that time frame Earth as they knew it. Uh, it was just kind of hard for them for Him to wrap His head around because it's something that never happened before. But Romans ten seventeen said, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. So faith, you know, or reliance and trust in God, comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So Noah took what God had told him and stepped out in faith that this was going to happen. And, and you know, last week we talked about persecution. I tell you what, this man was persecuted beyond belief. He was called crazy, which we talked about last week. He, he was told that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not, not in your right state of mind. He, he caught it from every direction possible. But it's important that without a word from God, we can't have faith yeah I guess maybe you could you know you can probably have faith in, in something else, but it's not the right uh, faith. it's not placed correctly. But without a word from God, we have no basis for biblical faith. And remember faith is not faith is not just. It's not just a leap in the dark. It's not just It's not like, "Well, Lord, you know what? I I I can't meet this need." You know, I'm going to step out in faith. Okay, it's not that. Faith comes from the word of God. If you don't read the word of God, you're 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 without faith. You're you're it's not Put in its proper perspective. With faith, you have to hear from God. Now, this is not a case of there's there's everybody ever heard the faith of name it and claim it in prayer. There's some religions out there to believe that that if you if you, you name it, it's going to happen. Okay, but that's not how God works. God blesses us based off our actions and how we live our life with Him. We can step out in faith and something happens to us and we can verify it and we turn it over to God that, that, that this was a blessing that He bestowed upon us. So God does the naming. we don't name it. God does the naming. God makes the choice of what He does for us, and when He does it for us, we claim it. Glenn's a good example you know when when he had had the hip problem, okay remember when the story Aaron told us where he was 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 praying for him for. For healing of, a, of, his, of his injury that he had. And uh, as the story went, you know, God was telling him, punching, cococking, or the word, word Aaron would use, jaw-jacking, <laughs> you know. And Aaron's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I guess the way the story went, he kind of gave you a, a powder punch, you know just kind of gave you a tap and God kept telling him no, smack him, him knock, you know, knocking for a loop God was claiming what needed to happen in that situation and the change the healing didn't happen until Aaron said okay Lord here it goes and gave him a heck of a wallop and he was healed. And Now he claims it every day. That's something, that's, that's a big testimony for, for Glenn, what God has done for him. So always remember, God does the naming and we just do the claiming. In Hebrews 11.1, one, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now the word hope doesn't necessarily mean maybe, perhaps, I wish. When we have Christ in our life and we hope on something, we have bedrock assurance. that God's going to take care of us. And when I say the word substance, it's is, is is the idea of something beneath us that we can stand on. When we give our life to Christ, the day that we get on our knees and we say, Father, I have sinned, come into my heart I want to live for you for the rest of my life at that point we are given assurance that he's always going to be there for us sometimes it's not going to be what we expect or what we want because God's going to do it his way he's always going to make sure that, that whatever he does is going to bring blessings to him it's going to bring glory to him but when he does something, too, he also wants it to be a blessing to you. You may wonder, well, now, how does God communicate with you? First and foremost, one way of God's communicating with you is this right here, through your Bible. Sixty-six books in there. I've reading, been reading the book of Isaiah. And boy, that's a long one. But his word, you got to remember, this, this, this is not something that was written by a bunch of people. You know, they used to have back then, we kind of talked about it in Bible study on Wednesday, they used to have what they called the scribes, what they would, would write a historical record of things that happened. But this was, this was not a case of a bunch of people writing a bunch of words down, creating this, this, this thing with, with, with 66 books in it. Every word that is in here was inspired by God. Ladies, remember us talking about that? Everything in here was inspired by God. Now, God gave the, the writers the free will to choose the words to write down. But everything in here was inspired by God. This is God's way of, of uh, communicating with us. When we work down on the streets, I talked to a lot of people and I kind of put it in a more simpler term them. I go, I picture that you're a Boy Scout and, and you're work, working on your Eagle Scout merit badge. This is, this, is your, this is your owner's manual. This is going to tell you what you need to do. so that you remain humble in the eyes of God. The other way God communicates to us is through what, it's a, it's a, a Greek word called "rema," but in simple terms, it's an utterance. Where do we get utterance from? When, when we're a child of God and we read his word, we're expected to grow, in, in Jesus, we're expected to grow in God. Our, our walk with Christ should be, become greater and greater, larger and larger. And part of that is Jesus sent His Spirit on us to give us that utterance, that little voice telling you what to do. The gifts of the Holy Spirit tells us tells us what to do along with the Bible. We get that utterance in many, many different ways. You know, it could be you know, through prophesying. It could be through the gifts of knowledge where God can lay on your heart that something's going on with somebody and that you need to pray for them, okay? For some people, that's kind of uncomfortable. Some people kind of wonder, well, how do I know that's God talking? It goes back to the original verse in Hebrews eleven seven 7, through faith. Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So Jesus took word from the word, and he used it as a sword when Satan tempted him when he was in the wilderness. And that's confirmed in Matthew 4.4, 4, where Jesus' answer is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God's right here. This is it. Because remember, this is this is inspired by God. When God takes the truth of the Bible and He makes that truth known to you, when you get a personal word from a personal word from the Word that applies to you in a given situation, God is speaking to you. Anybody ever had that happen to them? You might be going through something and God lays a scripture on your heart or even a portion of a scripture to give you guidance. I remember when I was asked to take over the position here as the pastor and it was something I took very seriously and I was it was something I needed to pray about. And though I'd talked to several people and I was kind of given the answer through them, I'm, I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. Is that right, dear? Can be. But I get my stubbornness from her. <laughs> but as I was praying, and I'm like, Lord, you know what? You know, I, need, I need you to give me the right decision on what I need to do. And I was, I was praying very feverishly. I was sitting in the bedroom, had the door closed, so the dogs wouldn't bother me, and morning was work, and I was praying, and I'm like, "Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I need you to let me know." And about that time that just the peace of Christ came on me, and just three very simple words said, "Feed my sheep." That's a portion of the scripture that came out of the Bible. It's not something that came in my head, but it was an utterance from Christ to move. God can also speak to us personally. As, as, as we give our life to Christ and we start living for him, And our faith continues to grow in Romans 10, 14. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So this kind of translates into just how can somebody believe in him or how can somebody believe in God whom they've not heard. And it's, again, it's, it's humbling ourselves, going back to listening to that utterance, listening to what he has to say to us. When, when God utters something to you, when God tells you something to do, he is never going to tell you to do something contrary to, to what is right and to what is just. Never, ever. If I remember, correctly, we had the guy that we were speaking with down in the city one night. The guy that was possessed with demons. And he, if I remember his words exactly correctly, he says God was telling him to kill people. God would never do that. It's not just, it's not right in his eyes. It would bring absolutely no glory to him. But if God's telling you something to do, and it's the right thing to do, that's God speaking to you. God takes his word and he speaks it to your heart. Second Timothy 1.12 That is why I am suffering as I am yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted in him until that day. Faith is believing God. Not just a little bit. Not just when you feel like having faith in God have to have faith, faith in God all the time. And I'm going to tell you that some time back, that was, that was a struggle for me. You know, if something was happening in my life and it wasn't going, going the right way, I'd throw up my hands, and I'd be like, "I just can't believe this." I let my faith waver. Martin had testified to it. I was bad, but in the past several months. Actually, past year, since I've started coming to church here, God has humbled me in a whole lot of ways. My faith is is quadrupled. I don't do that. At least I don't think I've done that lately. I want to talk to you that about the fact that if we go back to the original scripture that we started out with in Hebrews eleven seventeen, and mentioned that Noah's faith resulted in, in fear and when I say say fear I'm not like talking about like fear if you go to a haunted house and you get get the, the daylight scared out of you I'm not talking about that fear But when I say fear, I'm talking about fear in, in, in a manner that we turn ourselves, that we believe in what God is going to do for us. Believe it or not, fear is the, should be the foundation of our, one of the foundations of our faith. And part of our problem today is is society. There is no longer a fear of God. In Romans 3, 10 through 18, this is kind of a long verse, but it says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. Not even one. Their throats open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of the vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin, misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And this is kind of like the, how we're lived. The society is today. You know, in the the past, I guess many years, the things that are happening in our world today, it's just, it's mind blowing. We have kids that have no respect for their parents. They have no respect for authority. A lot of this is because there's so many families who, when they raise their kids, they don't have God in their lives. I, downtown, we see this time and time and time again. You see a lot of young kids down there who who are mimicking, I guess you could say, what their parents have done with their lives. Because there's there, there's... They just haven't had Christ in their lives. They've not had the good news shared with them. In Jeremiah 2, 19, your wickedness will punish you, your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. This is pretty much telling us that one of the things that God really despises is when we as a Christian, we as followers of Christ, denounce God. The Bible tells us that is one of the worst things in God's eyes. And it also tells us, if I ever remember, if I looked at the scripture correctly, that there, there's no chance of salvation for you. That when you renounce God, when you become a follower of Christ and you turn your back on him, you re, or as the word they use, you rebuke him, he turns his back on you. That should be enough for us as a Christian to put that little bit of fear in our hearts. Me personally, I know I, I want to spend my life in heaven. I want to spend my life with Christ as much, just as much as you all do. But when Noah believed God, he feared God. It says fear sees God's power, holiness and justice. Faith sees God's loving, loving, kindness, grace and mercy. Mercy. They work together. They work hand in hand. So the fear of God should not be a, a give you the, the, the visualization that, that when you fear God that there's no hope. Instead, the fear of God is a case of his love when you get on your knees and you ask for salvation. When you get on your knees and you pray to him and just say, Lord, thank you for the day that you've given me. Thank you for healing my wife. Thank you for healing me. But when we learn to fear God, when we learn to have faith in God, there's, there's things that... There's riches and honor. And there's things that we receive. First is there's godly living. Proverbs 16.6 says, Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear... Again, I'm using the word... The fear of the Lord... Evil is avoided. So through fear, we're going to receive godly living. We're going to receive godly knowledge. Proverbs seven: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we're going to receive godly knowledge. And a lot of this is, falls in, in, in line with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you notice. You're going to receive godly wisdom. Proverbs 9:10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Another gift of the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive godly contentment. Proverbs 15:16, "Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. This kind of goes to say, if, if you're a child of God, his desire is to give, give you the, the things of your heart, okay? But be content with what he's given you. Because everything, everything when, we, when we live day by day, this is all things that have already been prearranged. God, knows, God already knows our will. He already knows our destination. He already knows what's going to happen to us in the end. Be content with what you have. Don't worry about what the other person has. Yeah, the other person may have more than you do, but you know what? They may not have salvation. And I don't care how much money, how much wealth, how much stuff you have. You can't buy your way into heaven. You're going to receive godly worship. Psalms 5-7, but I, by your great love, can come into your house in reverence. I bow down toward your holy temple. You're going to get, receive godly worship. This kind of goes along with, again, with the uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gift of tongues. Most importantly, you're going to receive godly salvation. Psalms 5-7, but I, by your great love, can come into your house in reverence, I bow down toward you. I'm sorry, wrong one, Psalms 85, nine, Surely his salvation is near those who fear him. This is his glory. May dwell in our land. That's probably one of the most important things because without salvation, we're nothing. Without salvation, there is no eternal life. If we don't have salvation, all we're going to be is miserable Live in hell. Some place I don't want to be. You're going to receive godly confidence. Proverbs fourteen twenty six Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. That tells me, you know, we, again, like you know, I mentioned before, we talked about persecution last, last week. We talked about the fact that, that it's going to get worse before it gets better. As we get closer to the end of times, it's going to... We're going to sit back and wonder why. What's going on? But as long as we fear God, as long as we're walking in salvation with Christ... He's going to be our fortress. There's nothing that they can do to us. They can try to belittle you. They can try to make you feel this big. But in the end, God's got this. He's going to protect you. He's going to give you never-ending life. You're going to get godly insight. In Psalm 25, 14, the Lord confines in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. That's kind of speeded up here a little bit. You're going to receive godly deliverance. Psalms 33, 18, 19, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death, and keep them alive in famine. Kind of goes along with, with God being our fortress. He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide. He's going to give you knowledge. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to show you the way. So if we go back to Noah... The work that Noah's, listening to God, provided to him is one that he obeyed God. James 2.20, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Okay? God had a plan for this day. It's going to rain and rain and rain and rain some more. But God had a plan. Just like he has a plan for us. If we don't have faith, if we we don't obey, it's going to send us down the wrong path. We have to obey God even if we don't understand. usually a lot of times if we don't understand it's coming from the simple fact is is we're wanting God to do something for us but what he does for us is not what we expect us expected right you know it's just like you know our brother Al here he just I know deep down he was, you know when, when, the, when that first uh, surgery was cancelled because there was a fire in the operating room, you know, and he was really wanting that to be a sign from God that, that he was going to receive healing. But this past Wednesday he went through his knee surgery, you know It's not what, not what he wanted, you know. Not probably not what we wanted. We would love to have seen him completely and totally and wholly healed. But you know, God has already destined his path. And he's going to do something great in his life through this. So Noah was a man of faith. He prepared an ark for saving his family. Did you know that, that if we don't have faith, when we're a Christian, but we don't have faith, we are in danger of losing our kids and our children? And it may not mean that may not necessarily mean our direct family. If we're not living on faith and showing what God, people what God can do for us, if we're not living on faith and showing what our kids can do. You know, show them our kids what God can do for us. What our neighbors can do for us. The people that we see down on the streets can do for us. They'll be lost. I'm going to kind of talk about my wife here. How many times have you had people at your work, just by the way that you carry yourself and by your faith in God, they've approached you and said, hey, you must be a Christian. Not a single word was said about it, other than the fact that they approached her by the way she carried herself because of her faith in Christ. If you don't have that, people are not going to approach you. They're not gonna, you know, it's not going to give you the opportunity to share the good news with them. I'm sure Glenn whenever they do their outreaches and they go into some of these places where I'm sure I probably me personally I wouldn't want to go but they know who he is and what he is by how he carries himself and by the way by his faith in Christ We should always live in Christ every day all the time not when we feel like it not when it's just a good day for us because think about it. How, how would you feel if, how would you feel if that's how God acted how would you feel if that, if that was the way that God worked how would you feel about the simple fact that it was the day where the rapture was going to happen but God said you know what not today I don't feel like it you're not going Something to think about. God is faithful to us every day. Day in, day out, every second, every minute, every hour. And that's what He expects of us. Noah was persecuted. I mentioned before. And it's even worse today. You know, back, back then, it was, it was, in Noah's day, they they it was they were days of uh, secular philosophy. People were because of Adam and Eve falling from grace, people were coming up with their own things to worship, their own things to do. But now today, advanced hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years it's even worse because now we have things that affect us and our faith in God. You know, we see things on the news. We see things on the internet. You know, it's gotten worse. As I mentioned before, before Christ comes, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Schools today, wow. They they've taken God out of school so far. I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. You know, I remember as a kid growing up, you know, used to say the, say the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Can't use the word God no more. You know, I mentioned last week about about the 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 school teacher who was was suspended and fired from her school because she gave. A child a Bible. Can you imagine that? It's like what has happened. What has happened? If you if you even if you even think about talking about God in, in colleges, they go crazy. But yet they talk about classes in Confucianism, uh, you know, Hinduism. They all these other faiths and religion it's okay to talk about, but if you think about talking about God in in, in schools or in, in colleges, they go completely crazy. All because of scientific progress. I could continue to go on and give you just example after example. You know, Jesus linked the days of Noah with the days of Lot. Luke seventeen twenty six through 30 just as it was written in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. Sorry, I said. God has everything already pre-planned. God already knew what was going to happen today before we even got here. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day of Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was in the same as in the days of Lot. People were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, and building. But the day of Lot left Sodom, but the day Lot left Sodom from fire and sulfur, when, after fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all, it will be just like this on the day of sun, a man is revealed." going to come again. It's going to happen again. We don't know when. I don't want to be here for it. There was things that, that Noah received because of his faith. I mentioned before Noah was, was not a man without sin, but Noah was made righteous in the sight of in the sight of God by his faith. He was always willing to do what God wanted him to do. It was there was never an argument. But it was like, you know, when God said, Noah, this is what I want you to do. Noah would say, How high? How far do you need me to go, Lord? Noah was saved, was saved, not by works, but by his grace. That comes from Genesis 6, 8. And that's the first time the word grace had ever been used in the Bible. And we all remember what grace means, right? Grace means by favor, the favor of the Lord. Cause the simple fact that Noah feared God but had faith in God. He went from being a pauper, you know, he was basically a nobody. But after, uh, the, after it was all seen and said and done, and after the rains came down, he owned the earth. People were given the chance to to correct themselves of wickedness, even though God already knew it wasn't going to happen. So remember, as long as we fear God, but we have faith in him, we may not be much now, but you know what? The day's going to become, you know? We're going to be walking the streets of heaven, streets of gold, Gates of Pearl. It's gonna be awesome. You know, it's nothing it's not gonna compare to anything that with what we have now. What we have now is gonna be nothing because what we have today is we can't take it with us anyway. I've kind of run over on my time a little bit, so I'm gonna go ahead and go into a conclusion here. So my, my question is, is are you in the ark today? Are you in your life where you need to be with God? Are you, are you fearing God? And I said, I don't mean fearing God in a bad way or in a horrible way. Are you fearing God enough to where it's going to motivate you to do his work, to do his business, to do his kingdom work? I know, I know everybody here are Christians. I know everybody here has, has asked Jesus to come into heart for salvation, I'm going to pose a question to you: Are you living with Christ the way you're supposed to be living with Christ? Are you taking those steps in faith? Are you working for God in such a way where if he says, hey, this is what I need you to do, you're saying, okay, Lord, how high? How high do you want me to jump? How far do you want me to go? We as Christians, that's what's expected. You've heard me mention time and time again, you know, I thank God for my salvation. And trust me, I want when when the rapture ha- happens, I want I want to be one of the first ones in line. But I, I don't want to go yet. We as Christians, we need to have more fear in our lives, and we have to have more faith in our lives, and we have to go out there and be ready to do more for God. We need to go out there and do more for kingdom business. Yeah, you're going to be persecuted. Yes, you're going to be. Humiliate it. They're going to make you feel lower than the dirt on the ground. But you know what? That's nothing compared to what Jesus went through. That's nothing. So if you're not living where you need to be, if you're not walking in fear of God, if you're not walking in, in enough faith, I, I highly encourage you, Before you leave here today. Take a knee. And say God you know what I love you. I want you to continue to live my heart. I want you to give me the boldness. And the greatness. And the fear and the faith. To go out and do work for you. Even more than what I'm doing now. There's a great revival coming. And. And when, when I say a great revival, I don't mean sitting up a tent outside and having an evangelist come in and speak. When I say a great revival, is there is going to be such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our community, on our world, on the countries around us. That's going to blow our mind. But we have to be part of it. I love you guys, you know, and I'm just, I'm so blessed, me personally, to call everybody here my friends in Christ. It's been great for me to see God work in such great ways since I've been coming to the church here. Betty and Sharon, wow. God's giving you guys a heck of a boldness when we go out on the streets to sit there and lay hands on and pray with people. And there's more of that to come. We're just starting. Chains are going to be broken. We're going to see these seats filled. We're going to see a ministry that you wouldn't believe. But it starts with us. Don't be shy about having God in your life because I'm sure you don't want God to be shy of you whenever the rapture comes and when it's time to go home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your giving us more faith Every day, we thank you for giving us fear that that encourages us us to live more for you, Father. For us, it's just such such a humbling experience, such a humbling thought. You know, that it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that that just how much you love us. How much that you want to do for us, but we have to listen first. Help us, Lord, everyone here who, whenever you speak to us, to not question why you want us to do something, but to just to say, Lord, how far do you want me to go? When do you want me to stop? We love you. We just look forward to to the day when we get to see your face. We look forward to the day that whenever we get to, to see your son, Jesus. We just pray, Father, Lord, that you just use everybody here at Freedom Church in your glory, use everybody here to do your work. Give everybody here the boldness to speak up for you, to tell everybody the good news. Just to enhance your kingdom, to get to get ready for the day when when there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow nothing but joy and just giving you praise and glory all the time. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.